Hi there, this is Andy Bates, Director of Programming for KFUO Radio. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I want to let you know that today's episode was recorded during share 2021, which is KFUO's annual opportunity for you to join us in partnership and support KFUO. As you'll listen to the program, you'll notice that we give out a phone number for you to call in and pledge your support. That was for the live program. You can still pledge your support. You can still make a gift to KFUO. You can do that online by going to kfuo.org and looking for the donate button, or you can do that by text. Just send a text message to the number 41444 and then enter KFUO as the message. That's right. 41444 is the number you're sending the message to, and KFUO is the message. Click send. You'll get a message right back that'll walk you through those steps on your mobile device to make a gift. It's super easy to do. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for your support. Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple at Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. Today is Thursday, April 22nd, and it is the first day of share here on KFUO. This is your opportunity to support the worldwide outreach of KFUO throughout the program, throughout the day. You will hear of ways that you can partner with us in order to continue and expand the proclamation of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. To make your gift during share during this program, you can call 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, 1-800-730-2727 worldwide, or text KFUO to the number 41444. Now, during share the proclamation of Christ for you anytime, anywhere doesn't stop. Today and tomorrow, we have a couple of special Bible studies lined up, topics that spin off of our current study of the Epistle of St. from First Peter. In this beautiful epistle, St. Peter uses a lot of different images by which he proclaims the work of Christ. Today, we are picking up the image the apostle uses in chapter 3, where he speaks of the salvation that God worked for Noah and his family through water in order to preach how God works salvation for you and me through the water and word of holy baptism. Where else do we see water as the means of God's salvation in the scriptures? That is our topic for conversation today. Help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's word today. We have with us regular guest, Pastor Dustin Beck. Pastor Beck serves at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Warda, Texas. Pastor Beck, welcome back to Sharper Iron. Good morning, Pastor Apple. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Thanks so much for having me during share This is such a blessing to be able to be a part of this. Um, as all of our listeners know, uh, KFUO is just a fantastic organization. It's a um, it's an opportunity for folks to hear the gospel in their cars uh, or on their smartphones or on their computers. Uh, you can access a Bible study just about any time you want, um, uh, either live or pre-recorded. They've got the archives and everything else. Just such a fantastic tool uh, to deepen your faith in Christ Jesus. Um, and so, again, I thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today in person. I know. It's wonderful to have a guest in studio. All the other KFUO folks, the, the KFUO gang, as yeah. Andy Bates told me we're called, Ooh. they're in St. Louis. That sounds scrappy. <laughs> we are. And it's nice to have someone here in, in the KFUO Texas studios. I don't know if that's the official name of, of the 
facility that we're in right now. Feels but, like it. Yeah. Feels so like it. glad to have you with us yes, today. Sir. Yes, sir. So we're talking First Peter, and I don't think you have the privilege of being on the series that includes First Peter. I was not invited. Other than today. <laughs> <laughs> so just as, as we think about, particularly when we're talking about water and the scriptures and how First Peter uses it, let's just talk a little First Peter here to get oh, started. Sure. Yeah. Give us give us your thoughts on the epistle. Oh, so First um, Peter is uh, and Second Peter, for that matter, uh, just incredible epistles. Um, Peter has such a vivid use of language. Um, it seems like every time that he goes out to uh, describe something, you almost just uh, you have him flooding uh, the page. It was a, nice. a pun for our day to day. Flooding the page with um, with adjectives, with descriptors of what exactly he's talking about. So uh, when he's going to talk about the fact that we have this hope for a soon to be revealed inheritance that is ours waiting for us in heaven, he's not just going to say that, but he's going to add in the fact that it's imperishable. It's undefiled, undefined, uh, undefiled rather. It's unfading. The fact that it is there waiting for us, you, you almost just, you see it, um, the image in your mind's eye uh, just coming into crisp focus um, as you uh, as you read through the pages of First Peter. Um, so also um, in, in just a little bit in uh, or the beginning of chapter three, when we have a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, a people uh, who are uh, called out of darkness to proclaim uh, the, uh, the marvelous works of God. Uh, you just have this, this way with words when you read through Peter that really just, it brings you in, it draws you in so that you can really see what he's saying, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, Peter is, yeah. is fantastic at his use of images. We'll pick up another one tomorrow. Chapter two, which you've referenced already, does come sure. to mind where he, you know, right there in a row, he talks about the word of God as milk, as, yeah. as a nourishment. And then he switches to stones, the living stones. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, you see it all over the place. Now, we're, we're going to be looking today particularly at water. And just to, to get our bearings again, this was a text we look at not long ago here in Sharper Iron. In First Peter 3, I'll just begin at verse 18 to give us some of the text. Peter writes, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water." Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. There's the text sure. from which we're drawing. And when Pastor Roth and I talked about this text, we, we thought that, you know, he, he mentions particularly Noah because of the water. That's why the spirits in the days of Noah get singled out. He wants to talk about baptism. And so he mentions Noah, but he could have mentioned any story from the scripture that deals with water. And that's kind of our topic for conversation today. Sure. And I think it's interesting to point out just um, again, uh, sort of the unique nature of the way that Peter's um, letters are crafted. The fact that <clears throat> he's writing to a, a Christian church that is being persecuted Right. Um, we uh, we kind of uh, in our New Testament class at Faith Lutheran High School of Central Texas, uh, we talked through um, in the book of James. Right. That um, James would likely respond uh, to the phrase. If you came up to James and said, I have faith in Christ, uh, he would respond with something like, well, show me. Right. Um, 
in first Peter, which is the very next book in the canon, right? If you say, I have faith in Jesus Christ, he's going to say something along the lines of buckle up, right? Get ready. Persecution's coming, right? And that's, that's, that's a really, uh, an interesting way of looking at it because, um, he's going to draw this, this idea of suffering uh, for doing good, suffering not for doing evil, but suffering um, as a Christian. He's going to draw that throughout the entire book and into Second Peter as well. Um, but here he begins in verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, right? Just as you Christians are suffering, um, Christ also suffered. But then he, in the course of about two and a half verses, we go from Jesus suffering to all of a sudden, uh, we're talking about the fact that Noah is saved through water, and then all of a sudden we're not talking about Noah anymore, but now we're talking about baptism and how baptism saves you, right? Not that it washes away dirt or something like that, but that it actually washes your conscience. It gives you a clean conscience, uh, which is something that we are all in need of. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about that a little bit. But yeah, uh, like you said, Anytime that we have um, a conversation about baptism, uh, we would kind of do well to uh, uh, to widen our gaze a little bit to um, instead of being right down on the microscopic level of this particular verse, baptism now saves you uh, to actually take a bird's eye view to to go 150 feet up in the air and to see baptism from a distance, uh, because the whole idea of. Uh, the theme of water, uh, it does really just run throughout the scriptures. You know, you can look all the way back to Genesis 1 verse 2, right? And there is the spirit hovering over the waters. Uh, and then later, as we hear more about uh, creation and about uh, uh, guard, the Garden of Eden, we have these rivers that are watering uh, the garden. Um, and so God's provision, that's, that's an aspect of his gospel love. That's an aspect of his, uh, his creative care for, cre uh, for this creation that he has spoken into being. Um, and you can trace it all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Of course, in Revelation 22, at the very end, we've got the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. We've got uh, Jesus speaking, blessed are those who wash their robes. And then that final invitation, let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who desires take the water of life without price. So scripture from start to finish invokes the theme of water uh, as a means by which God works his salvation for us. Mm, the, the Bible's all wet. Yeah. Yeah. It's in a good way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing how, how the Lord works like this and that what you're talking about, the bird's eye view of baptism. That's what, that's what Peter's got for us here. And yeah. he, he expands it so broadly to go all the way back to Noah. And, and you were saying you know, all the way back to Genesis one, even when we think about baptism, certainly we should start with passages like this that very clearly say this is what baptism is, this is what baptism does. Right. But Peter's comparison here invites us to consider all parts of Scripture that right. deal with deliverance from water, particularly Noah. We're going to be doing something that's called biblical theology sure. today. What What is that, Pastor Beck? Okay, so uh, I know that we both had to take the class at seminary, right. right? Biblical theology, um, which is a it's, it was a wonderful class. Um, it was a little bit different from the rest of the exegetical. Uh, classes. Uh, that means the, the classes where you are in the original languages in the Bible. Um, and so in biblical theology, uh, you basically, you look at the entirety of the scripture or a portion of scripture in terms of a particular category. Um, and so perhaps, you know, you could take the category of, uh, let's talk about uh, trees in the Bible, right? Of course, all the way back in the beginning, you've got the tree of life. You've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, you've got the burning bush uh, in Exodus. Uh, you've got several other places. You know, you've got the strength of the, um, uh, the cedars of Lebanon. You've got all of these kinds of ideas throughout the pages of Scripture. Um, 
ultimately, of course, we find out that the cross itself, a dead tree, um, is going to become the, uh, the tree of life. Um, and then in the book of Revelation, we have a new and a restored tree of life. And so you can read through the Bible looking at something like trees or looking at something like mountains, right, with from Sinai to Calvary uh, to, I mean, even stretching it out to Isaiah 25 on this mountain, the Lord himself will swallow up death, right? Uh, you can look at the Bible in terms of um, in terms of lineage, in terms of a bloodline, uh, in terms of obviously, I mean, this is a real on the nose one is the promise, right? There's a promise made. Um, it's against uh, the serpent and it's made to Adam and to Eve. Um, and it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. And then it just, it stretches all the way through this pages of scripture. Uh, but so for our purposes today, we'll be looking at the, uh, the biblical theology category of water. Um, and as Lutheran Christians, of course, that's going to point us right to baptism. It's going to point us to the fact that um, that God is the one who is doing this saving and that he's using something so simple, so universal, so absolutely present everywhere, um, you know, and, and necessary for life as water, um, that he is going to use that means um, as a vehicle by which he saves us. Mm. So we're going to keep working on that biblical theology concerning water. Yeah. On the other side of the break, you're listening to Sharp Iron. It is share here on KFUO. And during share those who contribute $240 or more, just $20 a month, get one of the most comfortable t-shirts in the world. Pastor Beck, do you have one of these KFUO t-shirts? Not yet. You need to get one. Oh. So this year's share shirts are either royal blue or military green on the front. You've got the KFUO logo on the back. You've got the KFUO verse, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. For a gift of $240 or more, just $20 a month, we will send you one of these wonderful, very comfortable t-shirts. Again, call 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, 1-800-730-2727 worldwide, or text KFUO to the number 41444 to make your gift to KFUO during share You're listening to Sharp Iron here on KFUO. We're going to take that short break, but we'll be right back. Please stick around. My name is James. I really appreciate KFUO's organ and choral music. It's fantastic. I also like the service at Peace Lutheran Church and uh, some others. Uh, I, I start going to that now a lot over to 8.50 a.m. Thank you. Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Thursday, April 22nd. share here on KFUO. To make your gift during share give us a call in the St. Louis area at 314-821-0850 worldwide. 1-800-730-2727 or text KFUO to the number 41444 to make your gift and partner with us to share Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today on Sharper Iron, we have Pastor Dustin Beck with us. We are talking biblical theology 
on the theme of water in the scriptures and how God uses water in order to work his deliverance, ultimately for us in baptism, but he's doing it throughout the scriptures. And Pastor Beck said we could start at the beginning in Genesis 1. Let's dive in. And go all the way to the end, Revelation 22, and we can find something to talk about with water. We got plenty of time left, right? That's right. I think wait, we have a couple hours. It's Sherathon all day, right? I don't know. They might not give us that much time. Probably, <laughs> probably the way it goes. Yeah. So let's, well, where do you want to start? I mean, we can start with Noah. That's where Peter takes us. We can go all the way to the beginning if you want. Um, I, th I think that let's go ahead and take Peter's lead here. All right. Let's go ahead and jump in with good. Noah. Yeah. You know, let's let the apostle be the apostle. Um, so the whole deal with Noah here is that um, through the waters of the flood, God vindicates Noah, right? God, um, shows he demonstrates um that noah is the righteous one right um that he is the one who has faith that he is the uh the man of faith uh, which is um i mean frankly it's kind of incredible that out of the entire population of of, of earth at this point in time right all the way back in genesis 6 uh that noah is the guy right you talk about a faithful remnant I mean, this is, you know, from Adam and Eve and all of their children all the way down through the line, uh, the lineage that we've got in uh, earlier in Genesis. Here you've got Noah and his family. That's it. They're the faithful ones. Um, and so God is going to, um, uh, obviously, he's going to speak to Noah and he's going to, um, you guys all know the story, right? He's going to um, suggest that he build this big ark type, uh, type boat, right? And then ultimately it's going to start raining, which apparently is something that it hasn't done all that much before. Um, the people are, are, are mocking Noah. The people are, are think that he's crazy. Um, they're of course, uh, engaging in all sorts of wicked activities. And, um, then ultimately, uh, God brings Noah and his family, eight souls in all, uh, which is, uh, a wonderful symbolic number. It's uh, literally the number of people that are saved in the ark, uh, but it's also symbolic of kind of uh, the the day beyond um, the perfect number of God, right? So we have the seven days of creation, um, and then the eighth day is that that next day that exists beyond time, that eternal day. And so you have this uh, this bringing of Noah and his family, um, and of course also a remnant of the livestock, the animals, the creepy crawlies, all of those, uh, uh, bringing them through the water so that on the other side of the water um, they might be a people for God's own possession. One of the things that comes through in the account of Noah, and this is true of many of the accounts in which water is used by God to deliver, is there's the the water serves a dual purpose. There's yeah. judgment and salvation. Right. In, in that water. And that, that's certainly true in the case of Noah. We could look at other events as well. How does that work where God brings judgment and salvation through that same means? Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, this is a this is a, a place for a conversation that we've, I believe, had before on this program is to talk about um, the visitation of God or the day of the Lord, right? When God shows up, um, the faithful are blessed and the wicked or the unbelieving are cursed, Okay, um, and so it, it works that way uh, when God shows up in the garden in uh, Genesis three. Um, it works that way pretty much any time that God shows up in the scriptures um, is that if you believe God, um, you are accounted righteous. Um, if you do not believe God, if you do not have faith in God, if you do not want anything to do with God, if you think that you do a better job of being God, right? Um, well, then 
basically God allows that for you, right? Um, and I, I'm not saying he allows you to be God, but he allows you to live in that um, existence where he is not um, there to bless, but instead there to leave you to your own devices, uh, which ultimately winds up being punishment and all sorts of bad news bears type things, mm. right? So, um, yeah, in the flood, of course, you have Noah and his family protected, Noah and his family brought through, Noah and his family um, saved, um, and then you have the rest of the unbelieving world uh, drowned, right, which is um, obviously not something that uh, we say with a smile on our face. It's not something that anyone is excited about, um, but it's the reality is if you want a life apart from God, um, God might just give it to you, right, which is a terrifying thing uh, from a Christian standpoint to, to even think about. Yeah, you get to go, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, it's just that. And I think seeing both sides of the coin, if I can put it that way, sure. that the water is the, the judgment and the salvation at the same time is a reminder of how important that faith truly is. Right. And and for a guy like Noah, where his righteousness actually lies. You know, I mean, you, you referenced that earlier that he's specifically called a righteous man. It says he found favor in the sight of the Lord. What? What was that righteousness? Where was that favor found? It was found in, in nothing other than his faith, the same yeah. faith that you and I have. Right. Yeah, it's, it's always righteousness by faith. Right? It always has been. Right. It's never about, uh, I mean, even in you know, the line of Abraham, it sure looks like it's uh, based on your bloodline. It sure looks like it's based on who your father, your grandfather was. Uh, but it's always been about the faith of Abraham. Paul makes that abundantly clear. Right. Um, that we're always talking about the faith of Abraham. That's what sets Abraham apart. He is the man of faith. Right. And so, um, you know, and I think we lose a lot of that in our 21st century world because um, it, I mean, the statistics are terrifying about the number of people who do not share the faith that their parents did. I don't think it was quite that way in the ancient world. I think, you know, um, that's why it's such a big deal when God calls Abraham and tells him to leave his father's gods and leave his father's land, right, is because he is actually walking away, which was something you didn't do in the ancient world. You propagated, you held to the faith of your parents. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, we have Abraham uh, clearly as the, uh, the man of faith, and then the people that come after him are also uh, the people who keep that faith. Some better, some worse, right? But uh, and I mean, if we want to keep with the theme of water, of course, uh, the next real easy place to look is to the uh, Red Sea, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you fast forward uh, a handful of generations, you find um, uh, not just the people of Noah, but now the people of of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You find the people of Israel; uh, they're enslaved, and of course, God raises up Moses. Um, interestingly enough, through water. That's right. That's right. In, a, in an ark, even. Yeah. It's, a, it's the Hebrew word there in, in right. Exodus chapter two is the right. same word for Noah's ark. A miniature ark. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so Moses brought up, uh, which we should also uh, point out the fact that um, if you look in uh, in uh, Hebrews 11, the great by faith chapter in the Bible. Right. Um, what's the very first thing that uh, that Moses does by faith? He's placed into a basket. By faith, Moses was placed into a basket and put in the river, right? And that's like, well, he, that's 
that totally shatters our kind of 21st century idea of faith being something that takes place in between your ears where your brain is and you have to be smart enough to have faith or something like that, right? There, there's just this beautiful aspect of faith. Um, it can be, uh, you know, the faith of your parents is of great benefit to you. And that's exactly what we see with Moses is that he is brought through the waters um, uh, on, the, on the coattails, on the faith of his parents so that he is there and he's ready to be raised up. And eventually he's ready to bring God's people uh, with an outstanding stretched arm right through the Red Sea so that they can be saved. And again, there you see it. Uh, the very next morning, uh, Pharaoh's army is washed up on the shore uh, because God has blessed faith and he has punished wickedness. So you see those two things hand in hand again. Mm, right. The, the salvation and judgment go hand in hand in both of these accounts with Noah and the ark and the people of Israel going through the Red Sea. It is the Lord is the one who provides the deliverance. Oh, yeah. right? I mean, these are not ways that like, you know, I think you said that, that God suggested to Noah. It was a very good suggestion. Yeah. It wasn't a suggestion that Noah, I mean, he wouldn't have come up with this on his own. No, like build not. a build a big ark. And I think in in many you know modern depictions of it, we have this sense that the people around Noah are like, what are you doing, buddy? It's not raining. It'd be like if we built a boat here. I think it's supposed to rain in Texas finally tomorrow. I hope so. There's a 90% chance that it might rain. That'd be wonderful. But I mean, if, if you and I were start building an ark right now, people would look at us. What are you thinking? You know, it's not going to rain that much. And yet this was the, the point here. This is God's idea. Same with the Red Sea. You have a very similar thing. The people, in fact, are frightened when they realize the situation that they're in. You've got Pharaoh's army on one side and you've got the Red Sea on the other. What are we going to do? This was the Lord's doing. And he's the one in both cases. He's the one that provides this means of deliverance and he uses the water. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, it's it's such a beautiful thing. And that honestly, I think um, after the next break, we'll probably want to go into talking about how that uh, actually uh, ties into our baptism, the judgment and the, the redemption theme. But just real quick, we can talk about um, as the uh, as the story continues on for the people of God. Right. They're wandering through the wilderness. They um, they come upon a place where uh, God uh, allows water to spring forth for them. Uh, you can t uh, one of the uh, beautiful things about water. Uh, and I was thinking about this just because, uh, you know, today, you know, we're talking about two or three verses out of First Peter. And but more specifically, we're talking about one word, you know, that's not even here in this. Uh, we're talking about water. OK, well, that's that's a great theme. Uh, what does water do? Well, of course, water is necessary. You can't live without water. Right. Um, you have to have it to satiate your thirst. You have to have it to uh, to keep everything uh, lubricated. You have to have it so that you don't dry out. I mean, what are we like? Seventy percent water. That sounds about right. The uh, last time I threw out a percentage about water, I think I was wrong. I think so you're I, so wrong. I hesitate to do so again. But we're yeah, there's a lot we're, of water inside we're of more us. than half water. Right. And so is the, the planet Earth itself is more than half water. Right. But so it's necessary if you don't drink, you know, I mean, if you don't drink water, uh, you're going to go a couple of days and then you're going to be parched. And then you are going to, I think the, in survival, which, you know, I, I dabble a little bit in outdoorsiness, um, right? They call it the rule of three because you can live three minutes without oxygen, three hours uh, in exposure, like out in the, the, uh, the elements, three days without water and then three weeks without food. We always go straight to, oh, man, if you go out in the, in the wilderness somewhere, you need food. But water Water is the premium. And the other thing that water does, uh, the kind of the other focus of water is that it cleanses, right? Um, water is the universal solvent, right? Mm -hmm. You give water enough time and it will chip away a mountain into the Grand Canyon, right? You give water um, uh, enough pressure um, and it will remove anything. Uh, you know, there are um, 
there's all kinds of uses for water in terms of the cleanliness, in terms of the stripping away of the impurities and the, uh, the things like that. Um, so we see both of those things. When the people of Israel uh, first go through the Red Sea, uh, they are brought through uh, where they are, are um, they are sustained by that water. And then ultimately it, it works to cleanse uh, the people. It works to, um, uh, to wash away uh, those who are impure, those who are unholy. Mm. Right. So, I mean, it makes good sense that God would use water for all those reasons that it does. We, 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 there's a lot of points of comparison. Peter makes one of those, and we, we can talk more about that as we continue our conversation. Right now on Sharp Brian, we have a guest with us. We have one of our regular listeners, Jeff, on the line. Jeff, good morning. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Pastor Apple. It's uh, great to speak with you. Yeah, we're really pleased to have you. You, you sent an email in to KFU recently that just blew me away. Uh, fantastic to hear how Sharper Iron has blessed your life and the, the work at KFUO. Tell us a little bit about how Sharper Iron has been a blessing to you and your family. Yeah, thanks so much. So, I mean, uh, my family and I came to Lutheranism probably four to five years ago. Grew up, um, I grew up Methodist and then uh, maybe a, dabbled a little bit in the evangelical uh, sphere. So, you know, reading the read the text in a little bit of a different light um, than, than how I do now. And so, you know, really being able to listen to you and a guest every morning sort of open up the scripture for me and really, you know, bring Christ for me, uh, you know, to me uh, from the text has really been an amazing uh, experience. And yeah, I started listening, I guess, uh, uh, a couple of years back when uh, Pastor Fisk was on the show and I uh, kept listening when you, when you joined and I've really, really enjoyed it. And, yeah, it's been a blessing to to me and my family to try to, uh, it sparks conversation to my wife and I and, you know, to continue my dad now listen. So it's, it's been a wonderful experience. God be praised. That is, that is fantastic. And, and I just want to, like, I want to commend you for what you, what you sent. You sent this email to KFUO and you've actually created an outline for Sharper Iron for at least one of the programs and it is amazing. Uh, this is this is just fantastic what you put together here on on First Peter chapter two verses one through ten. Uh, why why did you do that? Tell us a little bit about that and and why that's a blessing to you and your family particularly. Yeah, thanks. So, so I mean, it's been something that I've been wanting to do for a while. I guess back when you um, did your your series on James, this first came to mind that it would be really wonderful uh, to have these programs in text form because <laughs> you you and your guests you share so much you know valuable information i can't um you know just with the way the work goes and i get so busy i can't always remember all the all the points and then i want to remember something and it's not i have to go back and listen so i thought it'd be it would be nice to have these things in text uh, to refer to and uh, to spark conversation and to really do studies with my wife and uh kids are a little young right now but uh <laughs> but as they get older and uh you know, they, they listen for a short period of time. So if I can keep them engaged for a little bit and bring the important points out. So yeah, I sort of started uh, that outline. I started some hand, handwritten ones on James. I, I didn't get through some, I'm, I'm trying to find a sustainable way of, of doing it. Um, I don't know. Uh, so that, that was one that I, I put together and shared with you that I thought would be, uh, I, I enjoy it. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping to find a way to do it a little bit more regularly so that I can ultimately have these, I feel like have these episodes uh, all done, and it could be a nice, uh, nice little 
uh, a way to remember each each book that you go through. So yeah, now that that is so fantastic. And as a as a father of young children myself, I'm just truly humbled and and very encouraged by this that that you're taking what you're learning here on Sharper Iron and, and you're putting it to use in your own family. That it's applicable to you in in your family life in your parish life. That's just such a wonderful blessing. Very humbling for me to be a part of that. And and Jeff, thank you so much for your encouragement. The way that your faith has encouraged us here on Sharper Iron today. No, thank you so much. I appreciate all you do, and uh, God bless you all at uh, KFUL. Thank you so much, Jeff. If Sharper Iron is a blessing to you and the ministry of KFUL is a blessing to you as well, like it is to Jeff and his family, consider partnering with us during share Give us a call at 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, 1-800-730-2727 worldwide, or send a text to the number 41444, text KFUO to that number, 41444. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFUO. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Please stick around. Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Hi. My name is Danny Keller, and I used to listen to KFUO once in a while back in the 60s when I went to the School for the Blind in St. Louis. Now I'm much older, and I'm glad I can get KFUO on my Amazon Echo because I really appreciate the kind of music you play a lot more now than I did when I was a child. So thank you. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Thursday, April 22nd. It is share here on KFUO to partner with us and share Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Give us a call. 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area. 1-800-730-2727 worldwide or text KFUO to the number 41444 to partner with us and help us share Christ for you anytime, anywhere. And pretty soon we're going to get to have a drawing because of the gift level that we've reached. And it would be great to have more than one drawing before the end of the program. Ooh. So wow. I think, I think Andy Bates in St. Louis has this big cowboy hat with everyone's name in it. This is why I picture it. At least I'm not 10 sure. Gallon? I hope so. Wow. Maybe even 20. Those are large. Yeah. And he's, we're currently at just over 30,000 and Andy tells me it's only a five gallon hat, but everyone's name is in it. Who's given. It's okay, Andy. And we're going to draw a name from it soon. And so if we get above 35,000 for the end of the program, we get to do this again. So just a, a challenge to everyone listening to support. What are we giving away? I'm, I don't know yet. Oh, okay. Andy's going to tell me here in a little bit. I'm announcing it at the next break. Oh, cool. That so sounds like fun. stay tuned. Stay right. tuned. And if we get more calls, Andy's going to get a bigger hat. Oh. So 
we're talking about water yes. this morning. We've we've talked about the flood. We've mm-hmm. talked about the Red Sea. Indeed. We're gonna we need to get to the New Testament before we Testament. before we leave the you even teach it, in fact, at Faith in High School. Yeah. So <laughs> before we leave the Old Testament, there's one more that I I think we ought to mention just briefly. Sure. It's in Second Kings five. It's our friend Naaman, oh, yeah, the Syrian Naaman. commander, who who gets to go wash in the Jordan River because he's got leprosy. And right. just the the thing that, that always strikes me about that account is that he's upset at first yeah. when, when Elisha tells him, go wash in the Jordan river and he gets angry and is about to leave because he thinks the Jordan river's dirty. And thankfully he's got this, this fantastic servant who says, don't you realize how easy that really is? You know, if he told you to do something much greater, you would have surely done it. Right. Why not do that? Right. And so he does. And, and he's cleansed. His flesh is made like that of a, a little child, I think is the way uh-huh. the text yeah. reads. And it's just fantastic to see Naaman has this, Averse reaction to the very simple thing that the Lord chooses to use. Right. Rather, for us, I mean, think about baptism. Water, as you said, it's it's everywhere. Over fifty percent of the planet. How gracious that God would choose something so simple to be the means by which He gives the deliverance. And so prevalent. I mean, it's it's something that is, you know, I mean, that's why uh, in in all of our hymnals and in our catechisms and everything, they have a. A, um, a short order of service for an emergency baptism, mm. because that's a promise that God can, uh, God can and does grant to people um, anywhere, right? I mean, you you find a couple of drops of water and you have the Word of God there with you always, um, and which is just as ubiquitous, if not more, right? Um, and you've got a baptism, you've got a promise that God will make uh, to that individual um, that it is irrevocable, a promise that God will make forever. Um, and that creates that faith, gives that blessing, and says, uh, "You are my child." See, I love the, uh, that we we just briefly touched on Naaman because, uh, yeah, the the, the little uh, servant girl basically just says, um, "You know, why not try it out? What's the worst that could happen?" You know, um, I feel like sometimes uh, you know things of the church are that simple. Right. It's just like, what, what have you got to lose? Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost kind of a Pascal's wager type situation where it's like, you know, what's what's the worst that could happen if you live your life as a Christian? Well, if if, you know, all of this stuff is just made up and, and everything like that. Well, you, you passed on a little bit of hedonism. You gave up on a little bit of that. Um, you were a little bit more generous, you know, and and, and then you die. Uh, but if this stuff is real, you can't, you know, um, and you don't take advantage of it, you don't actually believe this, um, then you are in big trouble, right? And so that's almost kind of the, uh, the the words of the little servant girl here is to say, um, let's let's trust God and let's see how this works out, mm-hmm. right? Which is maybe a maybe kind of a crass way of putting things, but um, it works out for Naaman, right? God is faithful to this uh, this foreigner uh, because he. He believes, he trusts in the word um, just enough to dip himself into that dirty uh, Jordan River water and uh, comes out and uh, on the right side of uh, of the relationship there, the faith. Yeah, and certainly more than, than Pascal's wager, no doubt. Of course, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But, but the point stands that, I mean, think about, and still today, think about all the things that we would willingly line up for, wait in line <laughs> right. for, that are, that are so much bigger, at least in the eyes of the world, than, than a simple splash of water yeah and god god gives us that living water in the most simple way why why aren't we lining up for it why why aren't we just running to it i mean i think you know you see the 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 scandal of the gospel in this you know the just the the nature of our own hearts it's 
but but what grace of God to to put His Word in the water for us to deliver us through such simple means? It, right. It's it's astounding. It's such a beautiful picture of how God works, right? The fact that um, He comes down to our level and He comes down to the most basic level, mm-hmm. comes down to the most basic elements of creation itself, right? Um, and so uh, there you go, there you go, a little bit of water for us. Uh, should we look at the New Testament? Yeah, let's move to the New Testament. So let's. It seems to me. And I don't know, I don't have all the notes that you have, so I, I think I can just sort of swing and maybe I'll hit something. That sounds like- Let's talk about Jesus yeah, and like how Jesus. how water functions in his own ministry and right. life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, right from the get-go, I mean, uh, you know, especially uh, most of us, uh, you know, in the three-year lectionary in the Gospel of Mark this year, uh, which jumps right into the baptism. I mean, uh, you've got uh, all the way in, in verse 2, you've got John the Baptist. Uh, the verse two of the first chapter, we jump straight in, and all of a sudden, it's it's Jesus standing there in the Jordan River, uh, getting baptized by John. Uh, so Jesus's own baptism uh, is this this wonderful place, this wonderful image where Jesus comes in. You know, he's called by John, uh, specifically in John, Saint John's Gospel. Uh, he's called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and, and and he's the the innocent, the the pure, the holy Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And yet he walks into those those baptismal waters of the Jordan River. Remember that dirty Jordan River. Um, he steps into there, um, and, and that's that's that question that uh, I believe it's in Matthew where John the Baptist wants to prevent him. He says. I should be baptized by you. What on, what on earth are you doing? Uh, well, remember, Jesus says this is to fulfill all righteousness. The whole point of Jesus' baptism is that he goes into the waters um, to be the one bearing our sins. He goes and he repents, not of his own sin. Jesus doesn't have sin, but he goes into those waters um, with the sins of the whole world clinging to him, those sins of, the, uh, of you and of me and of all of our listeners. Uh, they're uh, sticking to him, just like I'm sure some of the dirt on the Jordan River, that muddy river water stuck to him uh, as he came out of the uh, out of the river Um, and there you have uh, that beautiful picture of the trinity as heaven itself is torn open as the father's voice booms down you are my beloved son as the spirit descends and remains on jesus uh, we have jesus being baptized uh, for the forgiveness or not for the forgiveness of sins but as a symbol as a sign of his repentance uh, on, on account of all of our sins and from that moment this is kind of when jesus steps into the spotlight and he is the um, kind of public enemy number one. He is the guy bearing the sins of the whole world from this point on uh, um, in the in the Gospels. Uh, so yeah, and we've got this beautiful picture of of water right at the front of the Gospels. I love the way Luther pictures Jesus' baptism as as he goes into the water to leave himself and his righteousness there for us. Right. So that then he, what does he do? He picks up our sins that we've left in the water of our baptism. That that beautiful image of the the great exchange there at Jesus' baptism. So there's uh, we could do this for a while. The other place that water really functions in Jesus' ministry is, I think, emphasized in the Gospel of John. John John has this in several places. In John chapter 4, you have the woman at the well yep. and the living water that Jesus talks about. In John chapter 7, you have Jesus talking about the living water that flows up eternally. And then perhaps climactically, in John chapter 19, you have right. the water that flows from his side when he's pierced on the cross, um, along with the blood that flows as well. 
pick any of those here <laughs> as, as we will be going to a break here in a minute or two, but, but pick any of those and, and tell us a little bit more. I thought you were going to talk about Jesus walking on water. No, well, there's that too, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, water's just all over the place, right? Um, so again, there's, uh, there's this woman who's uh, caught in adultery, this uh, woman who is, uh, she's, she's um, shacking up with somebody who's not her husband. She's been married several times before. She's been used and discarded and kicked aside. Um, and she's there during the heat of the day to draw some water from Jacob's well. Well, Jesus comes up to her and, uh, you know, he asks her for water. Of course, we know, you know, he's setting her up. He's asking her, uh, he's giving her opportunity to say, um, you know, why are you a, a, a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan woman? Right. And of course, the response is, if you knew who you were talking to right now, um, you would ask for water from me and I would give you uh, living water that would well up inside of you. And um, so we have this idea of a water um, that will make us no longer thirsty anymore ever again. Right. And that is the uh, the promise that Jesus gives us um, is that if we abide in him, if we believe in him, if we come to him right uh, through faith, uh, then, well, I mean, he is going to be with us. He is going to sustain us uh, uh, unto eternity. Right. Uh, so there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, we could talk just briefly. Uh, you you want to keep going? Let's take our break here oh, real quick. And we'll, yeah, we'll sure. pick more of that up on the other side. We'll, we'll pick up more about the water in Jesus own ministry, as well as we got to talk about baptism, at least for a minute. OK, with this. Baptism's good. So right now here on Sherathon, we have a raffle. We've, again, reached above the thirty thousand dollar giving level, and we are going to be giving away a children's book titled Lord, the I love with all mm. my heart. It's illustrated and signed by Kelly Schumacher of Agnes Day Liturgical Arts. It's a oh, fantastic wow. hymn. If, if you don't know this hymn, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, you need to know it. It's number 708 in Lutheran Service Book. Do you know what it is in TLH? Not off the top uh, of You use TLH in what I it do. If someone, someone can send us an email and let us know what hymn that is in TLH. And, and so we're going to be we're auctioning, or excuse me, not auctioning, raffling off this book, <laughs> this children's book, Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart. 429. And I believe we have some... Mary and Andy in St. Louis are going to help us out with this raffle. Good morning. Good morning. I'm enjoying Sharper Iron in the studio. Mary's here with me as well. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks so much, gentlemen, for uh, this great study of God's word. And mm -hmm. man, that story from Jeff. Wow. That was yeah. just, man, that was amazing. All right. So, Mary, we have some people to thank. And then we're going to draw a name to give away Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart from uh, Kelly Schumacher. Is that right? Yes. I want to thank a lot of people. I would like to thank Andy and Lucy of, um, of Ephraim, Wisconsin, who made a gift in honor of the Sunday morning Bible class listeners. Andy Bartell used to be the, oh, yeah. uh, to lead that group. So he made a gift in support of KFUO. I'd like to thank... Andy and Lauren Bates for being day sponsors. They chose May 29th in honor of Lauren's grandmother, who will be celebrating her 100th birthday on May 30th. So happy yeah. birthday to her. I want to say thank you to Paul and Merrick of Tucson, Arizona, for giving your gift. Thank you, Floyd in Seymour, Indiana. Thank you for supporting KFUO. David of Elgin, Illinois, who made a gift in loving memory of his wife, Carol. Thank you for that loving gift. Thank you, Donald and Judy of Ames, Iowa, who also gave a gift in loving memory of their mother, Fern Beats. And I'd like to thank Jeanette of St. Charles, Missouri, who also gave in loving memory of her husband, Robert. 
thank you all for your wonderful gifts. And I want to thank, I'm sorry, I want to thank a few more people. <laughs> we, we got lots of people to thank. That's we awesome. Do. That's we outstanding. Do. We have had wonderful support and we really appreciate it. We want to thank everyone. Thank you, Bob of New Athens, Illinois. He called in this morning giving his gift. Thank you. Patricia of Highlands Ranch, Colorado. She also called in this morning. We want to thank you wonderful. for your gift. Thank you, Philip of Grand Isle, Nebraska, for your support. And I want to thank Verna of Berrien Springs, Michigan. She also called in this morning, so we want to thank her for her gift. And our raffle winner is Andrea Anderson of St. Louis, Missouri. She's won the... Lord Thee I Love With All My Heart, great book. Illustrated by... Kelly Schumacher. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful book, actually. It is. Well, congratulations, Andrea. And thank you to all those who have called in and pledged their gifts and made their gifts today. We are so grateful. Pastor Apple, as you, did you catch all the, the states where, where listeners are, are listening and, and calling in to, to make their gifts today? That was outstanding. I mean, you're in Texas. We're in St. Louis. But there were listeners in Colorado, Nebraska. We had Wisconsin. Um, Indiana. We had Arizona. We had Indiana. We had That's Illinois fantastic. and Iowa. It's quite a round, actually. That <laughs> is wonderful. God be praised. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, everybody. We are at, uh, what, I, wait, we'll get the grand total in the next, what, in the... Okay. Uh, wait. Oh, no, this is the last break for the hour, for this oh, hour. So we need to get the grand total, don't we? All right, is. Mary, what is the grand total? For is there a drum roll for this? <laughs> I need one, don't I? Our grand total is $30,145 so far this morning. So thank you. And that includes our gifts that have came in before and our gifts that have come in this morning. And you can give online. You can send in a gift. You can call us and make a gift. You can text to give to give a gift. There are many ways to help support KFO. So we really appreciate it. 1-800-730-2727. Uh, Pastor Apple, how do they text to give? You can text KFUO to the number 41444. Very good. We have more Sharper Iron for you in just a moment. Stick around. Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It's Thursday, April 22nd. Sherathon here on KFUO. We're talking to Pastor Dustin Beck about water in the scriptures. Our resident fact checker here on KFUO, Pastor yes. Sean Smith, oh. sent me a text saying that up to 60% of the human adult body is water. The brain and the heart are composed of 73% water. The lungs is. about 83% water. So I'm all heart. So that was where I was getting that's that right. number from. That's right. So Pastor Beck, <laughs> we've got a couple minutes here left yeah. before the program ends. We want to talk a little bit more about water in Jesus' own ministry and then how God uses water in our baptism. Sure, sure, yeah. So uh, in John chapter 7, uh, of course, uh, Jesus is there at the Feast of Booths. And Jesus, um, he, he calls out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. He will have uh, streams of living water welling up within him. Uh, so this, this idea of rivers of living water, uh, again, has that idea of uh, satiating thirst, that idea of uh, where Jesus is, there we will uh, be filled. Right. Uh, we will be filled and we will be taken care of. Um, and then 
Uh, before we jump to, uh, to John 19, uh, we also need to just talk uh, very briefly about John 3 uh, to go all the way back uh, into the, uh, the, the night when Nicodemus spoke with Jesus. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Uh, that's going to propel us all the way into John 19 uh, because there we see the water flowing out of Jesus's side, uh, that same water that washes over us. Uh, and makes us clean, right? That's the uh, kind of the great irony. Um, uh, one of the great ironies, I think, in the book of Revelation is that uh, the blood of Jesus makes us clean, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, in Revelation 7, when you've got the, the saints before the throne, uh, who are these wearing white robes? They've washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Well, we see uh, the, the dual picture there in John 19 as Jesus is, uh, is pierced with the spear um, that a flow of blood and of water come flowing out of him. Right, this, uh, this foreshadowing, if you will, of our baptism into Christ. Uh, so you have uh, in John's gospel both themes of water as the, uh, the satiating uh, means and then water also as the cleansing. Right, uh, Both of these things go hand in hand. And then that ties us ultimately into our own baptism, right, into the sacrament of holy baptism uh, that's been in the church uh, since the very early church. Right, uh, Peter is there on the day of Pentecost preaching, and uh, they, you know, they're cut to the heart because he said, you just killed the Son of God. And God raised him up. Uh, so they say, what do we do? Well, uh, repent and be baptized, right? Believe the gospel, be baptized. Uh, you and your household, you and your family, this promise is for you and your children. And uh, so that's where uh, the, uh, the Christian sacrament of baptism kind of uh, gets its start. Of course, Jesus uh, in his great commission in the end of Matthew's gospel and also in Mark sends us forth uh, to baptize, to wash um, people into the triune name of God. And that's where water winds up ultimately taking us and taking a front and, for, uh, front and center um, focus in terms of our, our conversation today is the fact that God saves us uh, just as he did Noah, uh, just as he did Moses and, and Israel. Um, he brings us through those waters of baptism uh, to be his people because that's what you find on the other side of the flood. That's what you find on the other side of the uh, the Red Sea. And uh, and even, you know, if we want to talk about Israel walking through uh, the Jordan River in the book of Joshua to go into the promised land is that when you come through the waters by faith, you are God's people. Right. Um, God, that's the means by which God initiates you uh, into his kingdom, into being his his chosen priests, his his you know, royal nation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. All those images that Peter All uses. The Peter stuff. That's yeah. right. That's, that's right. What we're talking yeah. about today. Well, and I mean, Paul, Paul picks this up in Romans six when he sure. talks about baptism, that it is a journey through death into life. And he right. connects it to the work that Christ does on the cross so right. that when we go into the water of baptism, the water and word, how can water do such great things? The, the word, word of God yeah. is in there, but it, it connects us into Christ's own death and resurrection so that that journey he took, which is what Peter's talking about there in first Peter chapter three, exactly. the journey of Christ Being for our salvation. Yeah. We're united to that same death, burial, resurrection, and so that's, I mean, that's what happens to us. And the thing that you talked about, uh, that we talked about earlier about judgment and blessing, these happen as well. You know, I mean, that's kind of the uh, the thing that's going on behind the scenes. You don't see it in a, in a baptism, you know, a little child is baptized or an adult, right? Um, they're baptized, but what is actually happening um, is that the old Adam that lives inside of each one of us, that, that sinner with the bad conscience, right? He is drowned. He is put to death. There is a death in a baptism, uh, but then a new man, uh, a new woman emerges, uh, emerges to walk in the, in the light of, of Christ. 
right? And so we have this beautiful image of the same way that uh, God's water has always been a symbol, a sign of his visitation uh, by which he judges and curses and damns unbelief. And then he rewards and he blesses and he gives eternal life to the faithful. Um, both of those things happen at every single Christian baptism. Um, and that's, again, not something that we bring to the table. That's something that God does to us uh, through this wonderful gift that's promised that he makes towards us. Uh, and how does he seal it? Well, here's the most beautiful part is he seals it with his own name. Right. I mean, you, you know, when you sign a contract to buy a new house or anything like that, uh, how do you uh, solemnify that? Well, you sign your name at the bottom and that says that this is your thing um, and that you are responsible for it. And God does the very same thing. That's when he places his words uh, on this covenant, on this promise, the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Um, that is the great blessing that he gives us in baptism. And that's exactly what Peter is talking about here uh, in First Peter 3. And we got about two minutes, just under two minutes here in the morning. And I think we can push this all the way to Revelation. You've, you've taken us there briefly. The blood yeah. of Jesus that cleanses us gives us those white garments. Right. How, how, do we, how do we see water in the book of Revelation? How does, how does this scriptural theme that we found at the very beginning how does God bring it to the very end? Right. So, I mean, uh, ultimately, we're going to go uh, to, to kind of two places here. Uh, we have those who are clothed in white robes with their palm branches in Revelation 7. Uh, we've got uh, this idea that they're the ones who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, that these are the baptized. Uh, and this is the this is the text that is before us every year on All Saints Day. Um, and, and who are the saints? Well, it's not just the superheroes of the faith. It's not just the people whose names we remember from church history and things like that. But it's every man, woman, and child who has been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and has abided uh, in his word, as Jesus promises. So we have this picture moving with us uh, that we cling to the waters of baptism, that the waters of baptism, they cling to us, and it's a promise that lasts forever. Pastor Dustin Beck is the pastor at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Ward, Texas, helping us today to look at water throughout the scriptures as 1 Peter chapter 3 references it. Pastor Beck, thanks for being our guest today. My pleasure. I'm your host here on Sharp Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Thanks for joining us on share today. Look forward to being with you again tomorrow, hearing from all those listeners around the country. Let us know if you're listening from other places, those same places. Send an email to KFUO at KFUO.org and support the worldwide outreach of KFUO Christ for you anytime, anywhere during share today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.